The following is a presentation of Hog Eye Sports Radio and is produced by Flat Creek Productions. Hey man, turn on the radio. Let's hear some tunes. From deep in the heart of Hog Eye Country, this is the Hog Eye Sports Show. Oh, baby, they're lining it up. Is that all this thing will pick up? Of course, it's Hog Eye Sports Radio. This is a Hog Eye Sports Show special report. Dateline Lafayette, Friday, November the 1st. Perfection. Livingston Academy football completes a perfect 10-0 regular season for the first time ever. What do you think about that? It's pretty impressive when you think back that the only other undefeated season in football history is 6-0 and back in 1925. There are not many people alive that were born in 1925. So to think that something that hasn't been done since then has happened this year uh, in Livingston County football is, is just amazing. They should be very proud of that. I know they're very proud of that, but a lot of work obviously left to do. But Friday night at Macon County was uh, is a pretty special moment to see them go 10-0. That's right. This is the Hog Guy Sports Show, and Michael Johnson and Josh Scott are recording live from the OCN studio once again, and we're going to devote this entire episode to the perfect 10-0 season for Livingston Academy football. We're going to have a recap of the Livingston Academy versus Macon County game, and then we'll go back and recap the season as a whole, talk about some of the records that fell by the wayside throughout this entire season, kind of look ahead to the playoffs playoffs if if you are a sports fan and you don't think of that when anybody says the word playoffs if that i can't help you if that doesn't go through your mind you're listening to the wrong podcast absolutely guys. <laughs> all right so um due to technical difficulties we do not have any uh te- radio broadcast coverage to listen to tonight or on this podcast so uh, no dynamic duo clips this week, unfortunately. But we do have some game coverage that we'll go through and talk about uh, throughout throughout the game. There were some exciting things that happened, and Livingston Academy uh, versus Macon County. This game was a playoff implications game. You know, uh, if Livingston had lost this game, there was a possibility that Macon County could have finished first in the region. Yeah, they would have needed a lot of help to do that. But there was definitely this po- the possibility that it happened. You know, and this is a Macon County team that last year sent Livingston Academy on the road to Tullahoma, mm. um, being Livingston Academy at Livingston Academy last year, 27-21. So coming into it, it's kind of like that York demon. You wanted to exercise those demons from uh, your memory, from your past. Mm-hmm. And, uh, boy, did they ever. Um, cold night mm. at Macon County. The frozen tundra of Lafayette, Tennessee. It was definitely cool up there. 
Um, the first cold game of the year, for sure. Last week at York was just rainy and miserable. Yeah. Um, but the first cold game and, you know, driving up there, I was worried just a little bit about how we would respond to the cold. You know, we like to throw the football around a lot. And, uh, you know, sometimes that football – you know, seems like a brick catching it sometimes in the mm-hmm. cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, would we able to be able to haul in those McDonald passes as we had done all year long? And man, we we hauled in a few. Yeah, we did. I'm kind of glad it wasn't rainy uh, like it was last week because I was not in the uh, friendly and toasty confines <laughs> of a press box this week. Yeah, I wish it would have rained now. I actually got to be on both sides of the uh, stadium. I saw that. We started out on the uh, visitor side and we tried to film it with uh, battery power. And that lasted all of about mm, 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we tried to do live video like we always do, and uh, it just didn't work out. There was the term it's, it's called latency, which is, you know, your obviously your data coverage, kind of how things stream and, and load, like social media and YouTube, things like that. Well, apparently there's a ton of cell phone service up there. You can call, make a call me as clear as day, but you cannot stream video. Can't get on Facebook, can't get on Twitter, can't go things like that. So for me, it was pretty miserable. I was recording, but nobody was watching. And mm-hmm. it would kind of pop live real quick, and I'd get all these people watching. Oh, he's back live. Mm-hmm. And I right back off. It's mm-hmm. frustrating. Yes, it is. Dang you, Verizon. Yeah. <laughs> I may switch to U.S. Sailor now. Hey, no, I'm just at, kidding. At my house, that's actually better reception where I live. I believe that people in the, Monroe say it is in better the reception. In the sticks in Hillham. But... Uh, it's not good anywhere else. No, no it's not. <laughs> in town, that's about it. So, all right. So let's uh, let's get into the Livingston Academy versus Macon County football game. Um, so Livingston gets the opening kickoff, and three plays later, what a what a strike to uh, Aubrey Hollers. Yeah, I mean, he's that's the thing we've talked about all year long as you think Wesley Smith you double Wesley Smith and a lot of teams love to do that and that's the smartest thing to do but and you forget that Aubrey Hollers run across the middle there a lot of times that I one thing that I noticed this week and I don't want I guess I should, probably shouldn't say this because kind of tipping the hand a little bit but for the first time I think all year I feel like Wesley and Aubrey were lined up on the same side mm. so now that safety has to make a decision do I go and I double you know, Wesley, mm-hmm. or do I play across the middle and take away Aubrey Hollers across the middle? And uh, early on, they decided to double Wesley and, you know, a big, big touchdown pass to Aubrey Hollers. Yeah, that was, the, again, the third play of the drive. Uh, the first play was a pass to Hollers for zero yards. Uh, I think he was given one yard officially on that play. But uh, then a run by Robinson for four. And then the big uh, gets a little slant route, and then Aubrey just outrun the Macon County defenders. Yeah. Uh, he's as as good as they come. I mean, if, if there was no Wesley Smith, you'd feel pretty good about Aubrey Hollers being out there. You we're just lucky that we've got both. Yeah, 63 yards to the house. And with T. Beatty's extra point, uh, that makes the score 7 to nothing early in the first quarter. And so, you know, it's looking good for the Hall guy faithful. Yeah, the home team, not so much. No. Uh, so, uh, Macon kind of gets the ball. And, you know, we hadn't seen them play this year, but they had just uh, – they had just put a whooping on uh, Cumberland County the week before, so we was like, man, we don't know what we're going to get out of this. And, and they run the ball a few times and get a uh, first down, 
then they throw it for the first down, and they had a big old receiver out there. Yeah, big tight end number 89, man. Yeah. He was a player. And, you know, when you look back at the White County game, they beat them 48-13. to 13. You know, that's a team that Livingston Academy struggled with. Struggled. And so yes. you thought maybe, just maybe, you know, you're in a lot of trouble traveling up to Lafayette. And that first drive, it the way they moved the football, I thought we were about to be in a shootout. Mm, absolutely. So they got a couple of first downs, and then their drive stalls. They uh, have an incomplete pass, a couple of rushes. And so that brings up fourth down, and they try they try to go for it on fourth down. They're in uh, Livingston Academy territory, and a uh, pass is broken up by Wesley Smith coming in making a, a big-time uh, play on the ball. So that brings a turnover on downs for – I'd like to know how many turnover on downs the Livingston defense has uh, – Quite a few this has year. Has gotten this yeah, year. quite a few. Something that we have mentioned several times on this uh, – podcast is how good the Livingston Academy defense is. We'll talk about it some more, obviously, here in a few minutes. But once again, they come up big. They they bow up when they need to, you know, bend but don't break type thing. And so Livingston gets the ball back on their own 30-yard line. And it was, you know, it's just a a broken record here in the first first half. Anytime Livingston touches the ball, they're going to score. Yep. (laughs) It takes a little little while longer this time. couple of first downs on this drive a big pass from uh mcdonald to smith imagine that yeah. for 36 yards for a first down and he got tripped up or he was going to the house right there yes uh and then somebody who doesn't catch the ball too much uh nathan carwile comes in with a 12 yard catch uh first down catch to uh set up us up first and goal from the 11 yard line and it is a combination that we will be missing next year yeah yeah on the next play from scrimmage is mcdonald to smith number 11 catches it for an 11 yard touchdown i just a little skinny post i like to run that skinny post right up across the middle and uh nobody's defended it yet and i think on that drive they threw a deep ball to the corner they love to throw and it was on the home sideline like i thought it was complete big time but they called it incomplete so they said we'll just throw it to the middle uh, no question there, Wesley across the middle, one-on-one. They decided they weren't going to let Aubrey begin on this time, so they had to go one-on-one to Wesley. They kind of run a little combination route, and there goes Wesley across the middle, touchdown, Livingston Academy. So with T. Beatty's extra point, that makes the score now Livingston Academy 14, Macon County 0, midway through the first quarter. Macon gets the ball back, and on their kickoff, they have a uh, holding penalty, so they start from the eight-yard line. They caught the ball on the six. Had probably a 30-yard return. I mean, he had a good little return, got it out to great field position for Macon County, and the hold was at the 18-yard line, back him <laughs> up 10 from the spot. So he got it, caught it at the six, returned at 30, and then got brought back to the eight. So that, that kind of helped us out there. The, the hog eye faithful were happy about that uh, flag. So uh, Macon gets the ball, and they move it for uh, a little bit. They get a first down on a pass. Uh, uh, A holding call against Livingston in the drive gives them another first down. And then um, I believe it's third down now, and they try a pass, and it is picked off by Wesley Smith. Smith. And he picked it off at around the 40-yard line of Macon County and returns it down to the uh, Macon County 20-yard line. So about a 20-yard return on that interception. Looking to take it to the house there. Yeah, he was. He he saw he saw six. That's all I, he saw. I, I was I was thinking it was going to be, but, uh, hey, the offense uh, stopped him from getting in there. Yeah. And a uh, good thing they did because Livingston gives it right back to him a few plays later. Yeah, a rare mistake. One of the few uh, bad plays on the night. Yeah, and 
uh, something that was a little odd was uh, we had trouble to snap a mm, few times. Several times, A couple times, rolling yeah. snaps back, and, mm-hmm. and McDonald goes under center on the play you're talking about, the 11-yard line. I think it was like third and one or something. I believe it was. I think they were, were trying to rush up, maybe to sneak it. And I don't know, probably got in a hurry just to get the ball snapped. You've, you've got the gap there, and you want to rush it quick. And just a fumble snap, turn over. Yeah, so in, in that, so starting on the 20-yard line, Livingston had a uh, delay a game penalty to back them up five yards. So it was first and 15. On first down, they had an incomplete pass. On second down, you get 14 of that 15 yards on a pass to uh, Raven Carpenter. Mm-hmm. And then, like I say, on third down, you're going to go for a sneak there uh, to give you first and goal. And then bobble the snap, Macon County recovers. We don't go under center a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's just one of those things. You're in a rush and trying to get the first down. Uh, you know that you're probably going to sneak there more than likely, and it's just a drop snap. Mm. So Macon County takes over at their own 10-yard line, and that basically is the end of the first quarter with the score Livingston Academy 14 and Macon County 0. So Macon picks up in the second quarter there, makes a couple of first downs. Um, then they uh, kind of self-destruct a little bit. They have a holding penalty and then an illegal shift penalty. And then they get to a, a third down play, and uh, Briar Mosley comes up with a big pass breakup on third down to uh, stop the Macon County drive, and they have to punt the ball away. And their punter was, you know, a decent punter. I mean, he didn't boom any, but uh, he didn't have any bad shanks or anything nope, either. and not able to be returned either. So 34-yard punt sets up Livingston in pretty good field position right at the midfield stripe. Uh, so this next drive, again, uh, basically every drive in the first half will end with a Livingston Academy touchdown, except for the one where they turn it over. So on this drive, you get a 10-yard pass to Smith. You get a 12-yard pass to uh, Carpenter. And then to cap off the drive, another touchdown from McDonald to Smith. 23 yards, touchdown Livingston Academy. He's, what, two, for th- two, two out of three already, the Wesley Smith. I mean, yeah. it's a pretty good connection. You said you touched on earlier. We're going to miss that a lot, but yes, yes. we're going to enjoy it while we can. Absolutely. Let's keep doing it and keep doing it. Uh, so with the T Beatty extra point, the score is now twenty-one to nothing, Livingston Academy. How's it feel at this point? You're twenty-one nothing. If you're Coach Lamb and you're thinking, man, we we struggled with these guys last year. You you start looking at at that point. We're going to do this thing. Absolutely. Yeah, twenty-one. I didn't think it would be this easy. I didn't either. And, and, and you touched, you said the word. It was easy. I mean, it, as easy as we've moved the ball, anybody already. If you don't bobble that snap there on that one drive, you score there. Too. Yes. If you don't bobble, yeah. If you don't bobble that snap, it's going to be twenty-eight to nothing while we're here. I mean, it was like a Swiss cheese de- defense. We we carved them all night long, mm. and they just could not get the wheel, you know, and, and get pressure. And the times that they sat back in coverage, he just picked them apart. Mm, yeah. Tough, tough, tough. So, uh, T. Beatty kicks off. Macon County has a decent return. They start this drive at the 35-yard line. And Macon County um, has some more penalties called on them. They had a, a couple of penalties. They uh, Now, this one was caused by the Livingston Academy defense right here. But they had another uh, intentional grounding penalty, just like mm-hmm. York last week where, you know, you got the defensive line bearing down on you, and you just throw it away so you don't get hurt. <laughs> throw it up and out of the way. He was not taking a hit. And he took a, I believe, on that one. He took a heck of a shot because on the recording I was doing, um, I was worried they might call a rough in the passer penalty mm. because he took a lick as he as, just after he let the ball go, and I can't remember who it was, probably probably Dexter or, or Cole Spear or something like that, and they dropped the flag and I thought there's no way. Yeah, I thought it was uh, going to be a late hit yeah, too. Yeah, but they got him for uh, intentional grounding and 
take it. I mean, it's, absolutely. It's life to loss of downs. That's the best sack. penalty. It's a sack. Yeah, basically. Uh, so, uh, Macon County is forced to punt yet again. They have a 32-yard punt this time. And so, two consecutive drives now, Livingston will start basically at midfield. Uh, short field to work with. And, again, Livingston takes it right down the field. They get uh, a first down pass to Mosley for 13 yards. First down pass to uh, Raven Carpenter for 11 yards. Uh, then there's a face mask penalty on Macon County, which gives them a first down. And then to cap off this drive, McDonald passes to Raven Carpenter for 13 yards and yet another Livingston Academy touchdown. We're going to come back and talk about it after all, after we get done with all this, but Raven had a phenomenal night as well. I think if you're a pass catcher, um, it was just uh, it wasn't feast or famine. It was all feast. Now, there was at one point in this game, he almost makes another one-handed catch yes, in the end does. zone. Yes, he I does. I mean, he comes so close. So, um, it was at this point, I believe. It was 28 to nothing now after the extra point by T. Beatty. That I turned to Sid and I said, that's the fourth passing touchdown of the game. He's close. He could break it tonight. You know, He's already done this twice in his career. Will McDonald had already passed for five uh, touchdowns in a game. Which is the was let me say that it was the Livingston Academy record. It was first done by Danny McCoy versus York in 1981. Five touchdown passes. Will McDonald did it as a freshman versus yeah. Sequoia in 2016. Pretty impressive Pretty for impressive a for freshman, freshman to pass for five touchdowns in a game. I believe that's his first career start too. And then, and then he does it uh, versus Westmoreland last year. In 2018, five touchdown passes. So he had tied this record twice, and he ties it here in the first half. We'll get to that in a second. But I turned to Sid at this point in time, and I said, man, he could break the record tonight. He was hot. I mean, we've ran the ball all over teams the last, what, three or four weeks? I mean, mm. going back to Smith County. And you know, that was something that Livingston had trouble with this this uh, this week against Macon. Macon had a, a good defense for, on, on the run. Yep. We, we really never established a good running nope. attack. Nope. But when you can carve up, like you said, carve up their uh, – you can carve up their uh, back the defense like a Thanksgiving turkey. Uh, it is November it'll, now, so I thought that'd be a good reference well, was, to throw in there. It, it was all all uh, treats and no tricks for the Lincoln Academy <laughs> offense. Another good one. That. Another good one. Uh, so with that pass to uh, Raven Carpenter, Livingston Academy is now up twenty-eight to nothing. With the uh, next kickoff, there is uh, offsetting penalties on this next kickoff <laughs> between the uh, Livingston Academy kicker and one of the up men for yeah. uh, Macon County. The kicker getting involved with the latitude. <laughs> little, little temper running mm-hmm. high there, maybe. Uh, but part hard of kicking. <laughs> we get, well, yeah. So uh, the penalty's offset. Macon gets the ball at the 32-yard line to start this drive. There is a, uh, on the second play, there is a quite a long pass play. For Macon County, probably their, it is definitely their best play of the night. A 66-yard pass and catch between the uh, Macon County quarterback and that big old wide receiver, number 89. He's a player. He was a big old guy. And added, add to that, a horse collar horse was caught at the end of that. I mean, he's like at the five-yard right. line. Right. So I mean, half the distance, it really didn't matter. Best place to do that. At yeah, right I guess so. I mean. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, basically the ball's at the one-yard line now. Uh, We've been here before with Smith County. <laughs> yeah. So just one play uh, up the middle and score a touchdown. Macon County does not make the extra point. Yeah, yeah missed badly too. Badly. So that makes the score now 28-6 to six in favor of the Wildcats. 
you know, the worst part about that there is what's coming up. But it would have been running clock in the second half immediately if it's mm-hmm. field score there. That's true. That's true. Uh, so Livingston gets the ball back, and after the Macon County kickoff, they get their worst field position of the first half. They have to start all the way at the uh, LA 21 yard line. Then, uh, so Livingston gets a couple of first downs in the drive, uh, 11 yard passing catch between McDonald and Carpenter for a first down. Uh, Neely with a 12 yard run for first down. Starting to get him backs big. Mm. Mosley comes in with an 11 yard pass or 11 yard pass reception for a first down. And then to finish the drive once again, McDonald to Smith. So this was like, I think there was five seconds left on the, no, there was seven. There was 6.9 seconds left at the end of this play. So mm-hmm. we're down to within, you know, 12 seconds left in the game when this play uh, kicks off. And I think if I do my math here correctly, now that, that was third down. So it was third and um, third and five. And so it's a 29-yard touchdown pass from McDonald to Smith. The for, go, it was the go route. Or the, yes. Just to go, <laughs> to get gone. And he was gone. He was gone. He, he had five yards on the kid, and, and Willis throws the back of the corner of the end zone where he knows Wes is going to outrun everybody. And it's – they. I've so, so enjoyed watching them throw that ball. Hey. I mean, it's the most beautiful ball in there. And you know that it's caught every single time because Wes is not going to drop that. I mean, he's got the defender beat by five yards, and it feels like that ball hangs up there forever. And you look down, there's Wesley with his little arms up there. Mm. It's there. So that is the fifth touchdown pass of the first half for Livingston Academy. Ties the school record for the third time. Right. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. You know, he, I mean, that's the, that's the record for most of the half. Has to be. So Surely, it, yeah, it's got to be. Since that was the record for a game, you should, you're assuming that that's the record for a half. And now you start looking, can you break it? Mm-hmm. Because... Folklore says that Brock McCoyne threw four at Upperman one year, <laughs> and Danny McCoyne was the offensive coordinator, <laughs> and after number four, Brock McCoyne got pulled for the backup. And I think it was Caleb Quaz at the time. Mm. But um, I started thinking, hmm, wonder if he'll break it tonight, because I've seen this movie before. Well, we'll get to that. Mm. So... Uh, when the uh, second half kicks off, Macon County gets the uh, opening kickoff of the second half. They should just punted it right away. And they have a three and out once again, <laughs> a three and out. I know how many three and outs this defense for Livingston Academy has. A bunch. Uh, yeah, they've created a bunch of them this year. Uh, that's not a stat we keep up with, obviously, but it'd be a good one to know. So they have their shortest punt of the night, 25 yards. So once again, Livingston starts with really good field position, basically right at the midfield stripe. That's like three out of the past four drives. They start right at midfield, and they methodically move the ball down the field. Uh, A couple of runs by uh, Robinson and a pass to uh, Carpenter for seven yards brings up a fourth down play. So Livingston attempts to go for it on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal. And it's a pass from McDonald to Smith for three yards and a first down. And then Neely with a couple of rushes for a first down. And last play of this drive, it's the last touchdown of the game for Livingston Academy. It is a 30-yard pass and catch between McDonald and Carpenter. Touchdown Livingston Academy makes with the extra point makes the score 42-6. to Yeah, Raven had a good night, a really good night. You know, he has two touchdowns, 96 yards. 
receiving. I mean, that's as good as you can get um, for your secondary receiver. I mean, he has almost 100 yards. Uh, you know, we lost uh, Aubrey Hollers to a shoulder early, but it's nice to be able to have that plug and play. You have Carpenter. You've got Briar Mosley. We've said his name a couple times. Nate Carwile. I mean, the weapons are galore for Livingston Academy offense. Yeah, and with that with that touchdown pass, McDonald breaks the school record. Number six for eighteen, and that's uh, I mean that's a record that's, I mean it, it stood what for twenty eight years, thirty eight years, mm-hmm. almost forty. Yeah, that's um that's a, that's special, and I know the kiddo doesn't really care a lot about. It. I think that uh, Adam with the Livingston Enterprise asked him afterwards, or asked him when he threw it, you know, hey, you realize you just threw number six? He's like, really? And I thought, man, if I was if I was back there, I'd probably count every one of them. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd be counting. Them. I got one, two, but I mean, he doesn't he doesn't care about none of that, and that's that's, that's a really good thing. Yeah, Even a quarterback definitely. doesn't care about who or how they score as long as they score, mm. um, big time. He's a big time kid, special player, and uh, I know out of everybody that was proud of him, Danny McCormick was probably the proudest. Yeah. So that is the last scoring play of the game. And that makes a running clock begin. Thank you, Lord. Which was the best news of the night, oh, I think, cold, for cold, just cold. about everybody there. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a cold night. And so uh, we'll go through the rest of the game here. Uh, Macon County gets the ball, and there's a pass, uh, personal foul on Livingston, gives them a first down. And then um, on third down, uh, well, it's actually second down, uh, Raven Carpenter comes up with almost, almost an interception. Almost an interception. But then uh, – that brings up third down and incomplete pass. Or, no, that brings up fourth down. And so Macon County decides to go for it on fourth down. You're down 42-6. to six. Might as well try. Yeah. We'll Running see. clock. And they are incomplete on fourth down. So that's a turnover on downs once again for the Livingston Academy defense. That happened at the Macon County 46-yard line. And so we're up big, you know, running clock. You're not going to try to score anymore. Just a few handoffs here and there. But a at the end of the third quarter, the score is 42-6. to six. There's a couple more plays in the uh, drive here. They're not successful to run the ball for a first down. And then you bring out the punter for the first time of the night. And bad situation for Livingston. Yeah, he was late on the field, too. He was. He was the last guy on the field. Um, just, I'll just say that. And um, I think he either got in a hurry to kick it or took too much time to kick it, which would be well on rate because he took too much time to get out there, too. Mm. And just uh, yeah, and, and that, that could have been they were maybe trying to decide yeah, whether they're going to go for it yeah. on fourth fourth down. That is kind of a tough situation mm-hmm. there sometimes. Of course, he's probably been standing over on the sideline all hasn't, night long. Hasn't touched the football. I mean, he's, hasn't had to. He's got to be cold. I know I was cold standing there <laughs> yeah. all night long. Yeah, and I had a lot more clothes on than they did. And I mean, I'm not knocking the kid. He's had a phenomenal year as well. I mean, he uh, he's been a big part of. He's been a big weapon. But uh, you know, I thought Macon County was going to scoop and score. I did too on that play, but uh, the ball kind of. Uh, I guess it was cold. They couldn't pick it up. Yeah. But of course, what we're saying is the, the kick was blocked. I mean, yes, the punt was the blocked. The punt, punt was blocked, and Livingston actually recovers the punt. But yeah, it's way back in uh, Livingston territory at the forty-two yard line. But Macon County decides to just give it right back to us. <laughs> yeah, next play. <laughs> Very next play, uh, and I think that uh, this would normally have been Aubrey Holler's yes, position. Yes. But uh, Caleb Robinson was in playing some defensive back, and he makes, I guess, his first interception of the year. I would Probably think. of his career. Could be. I mean, Could he's be. had a bunch of bunch of career moments already this year, and why not add an interception of that, you know? So that one play drive by Macon County is stopped by uh, Caleb Robinson with an interception. 
And so Livingston takes over, and it is the last possession of the night, last possession of the regular season for Livingston Academy. Uh, McDonald's still in the game. He uh, hands it off a few times. He actually has a uh, a rush for zero yards due to a bad snap on on this thing. And I think they said, well, we don't want him to get hurt anymore. Let's take See him ya. out now. Uh, so uh, Kogel comes in to uh, hand off for the last little bit of the game. Um, so you get to the uh, best play of the night, which is the formation. victory formation. A couple of kneel downs, and Livingston Academy wins over Macon County 42-6. to six. As easy as it sounds. Yes. I mean, you're a big play away from beating them 42 to nothing, 49 to nothing probably. Really, yes. And, um, you know, what more could you ask for? And if you're Livingston, now you're beating them 42 to 6, you go back to the scare that was White County. Of course, on paper it says you beat them by two scores. But um, you've got a 42 to 7 win over Stone, a 38-13 win over Smith County, 31 to nothing over DeKalb, 27-12 over White County, 41-6 over York, and 42-6 over Macon County. Offensively, you're rolling. Yes, I mean, you are, definitely. And it's a good time to be rolling. Mm-hmm. I think you've got some offensive peak, stats. Yeah, you, yeah, you want to peak at the right time. So let's go through some of the stats of the game. Macon County had 176 total yards of offense, 112 passing yards, 66 of them on one play. Yeah. They had 64 rushing yards. Macon County had six first downs in the game and that one touchdown. And they had two turnovers. Both of them were interceptions. So, really good night for the defense again. Um, defense has been excellent this year. Yeah, we'll come back to that. but Definitely. So, Livingston Academy had a total of 443 yards on the game. That's quite a bit of offense. A lot of offense, and a lot of it, one person. Yes, definitely. 330 passing yards by McDonald, 113 rushing yards total, 13 first downs. Of course, we've already talked about the six touchdowns and one turnover for Livingston Academy. Um, rushing the ball, Nate Neely led in 13 rushes for 98 yards. They should have gave him one more so he could have broke 100 but uh, also Robinson had nine for 19. McDonald with four carries for negative two yards. Dumb. And Kogel with those two kneel downs at the game at the end of the game there. Even dumber. On the stat line, officially his two rushes for negative two yards. Kill me. <laughs> uh, again, Patsy McDonald was 24 out of 29. He only missed five passes in the game. Yeah, that's, I mean, impressive. Impressive. Nah, for Will McDonald. 330 yards and, of course, the school record, six touchdowns in one game. Very impressive for him. So who do you throw it to? Uh, Wesley Smith was the leading receiver with seven catches for 123 yards and three touchdowns on the night. Raven Carpenter had eight receptions for 96 yards and two touchdowns and one almost touchdown. One almost one-handed grab again. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Um. Robinson came in with three catches for 58 yards. Aubrey Hollers had two catches early in the game on the first drive for 63 yards and a touchdown. But then, like we uh, mentioned there, he did go out injured with a shoulder injury midway through the first uh, first half. So let's hope that he can recover and uh, have some, you know, get, get to play in the playoffs. Also catching passes, Briar Mosley had three for 29, and Nate Carwile one catch for 12 yards. Big night for Livingston. Yeah, you know, you said Briar Moses' name. He's had a solid year. Again, coming back to what I was talking about earlier, you 
plug and play in Briars, taking the place of Aubrey and does a good job. Nate Carwell, a guy that we don't talk about much offensively, but as a big time leader of the defense, him, Cole Spears, Austin Reader, Dusty Parrish, Dexter Wright. I can keep going, but those guys right there have been a big part of what Livingston's been able to do on defense. Looking at this just right in front of me right now, Livingston has added or has has held one. Oh, this is the wrong person. Probably help if I get on the right page there. Livingston has held one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of their ten opponents to under two scores mm. on the year. Yeah, I mean that's pretty impressive. The only team to score more than three, more than twice, Cookville, who scored twenty-one points back on August thirtieth. So, I mean, a team defensively that has held opponents to an average of, I think, 7.4 points per game. 74 total points in the season. That's got to be close to a record, doesn't it? Okay, so, uh, yeah, 74 total points given up by the Livingston Academy defense. That is a obviously 7.4 points per game. That's easy math, I get even easy enough for me to do. So how where does that rank all time? So they – it is not the best ever defense okay. because uh, back in the – Back in the uh, 1930s, you had a team that gave up 26 points over 11 games. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> different kind of football back then. D- different but, kind. But and then you, also, okay. 1939 had a team give up 66 points over 10 games. Okay, getting closer. So then 1937, you had a team give up 76 points in one season. Okay. So this, this defense in 2019 held – opponents to fewer points than a 1937 team. It's pretty impressive. Now, modern day. Yeah, modern day, a 1953 team gave up 85 points. 1992, so that's the, you know, people that are still, uh, can still remember this football. A 1992 team gave up 99 points in a season. That would be what we might consider the modern day record. Okay, somebody's going to say, well, what about the 2005 team? Where are they at? Not even on your list. Not even on my list. So, 2004 team gave up 140 points. Who a lot of people say is the greatest team to ever play. Greatest there. team to ever play. Yeah. So I mean, you're looking at a team that's half of that total right there. Some of the more recent, some of the more recent totals. Uh, 1999 team gave up 124 points. The 2011 team gave up 118 points. The 1997 team would be Grant Swallows' mm-hmm. team. Measure football gave up 115 points in a in a season. And the 1996 team also gave up uh, around 110 points in a season. So, so there you go. I mean, this is one of the best defenses statistically, I guess scoring defenses, absolutely that we've ever had at Livingston Academy. Yeah. Now, I mentioned some names there. It's not all of them by no means. I know I'm leaving a ton of people out. But if you play defense at Livingston Academy, you've got to be very proud of yourself, pat yourself on the back. You deserve all the recognition. You know, we talk a lot of offense. That's where a lot of people go to. You know, we always uh, – there's a saying in sports, offense uh, sells tickets and defense wins championships. Well, <laughs> your defense has helped pilot you big time to a Region 3, 4A uh, region championship this year. Uh, 74 points all year long is pretty good. Absolutely. Um, you know, and it's 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 been a team effort. You know, there's not one standout, standout player. No. I mean, they, the preseason hype train is obviously Cole Spears on that defensive line. But Dexter Wright and Dusty Parrish, and I, I can't remember for the life of me who that know, other end is. Uh, you got Austin Reader in there. Yeah. Um, 
have Weston Klaus comes Weston in. Weston Klaus comes yeah, in. Again, Dusty Parrish, Dexter Wright, uh, Nate Carwell, Hankers. That's that line. That's the front seven right there. Mm-hmm. And on the back end, you've got you know Raven and, and Wesley and Aubrey and uh, and you know you just got so many so much talent. And for one, this is one of the rare things that. We have a quarterback who just plays offense. Mm-hmm. Used to, I mean, you think of Wilson Case plays, you know, safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caleb Qualls plays safety. Brock plays safety. Brandon plays safety. I mean, all these guys have always played that free safety position. Well, not Will, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, he's, and he he claims that he could. I don't <laughs> ever want to see him out there defensively ever. It's it's good to have that, uh, you know, ha- have that luxury. No, oh, yeah. of just having a quarterback who just plays quarterback. Absolutely, yeah. And and there's a few defensive players that. You know, just play defense. Just play defense. So, that, that's a great luxury to have. You absolutely, yeah. You know, you don't want to be all 11 players playing both ways. It's got to be tiring. Now, we talk, we just talked defense. So, offensively, is it 336 points is what has been the on the year? I think I just saw your clip a minute ago. That was 336. 336, that's right. So, that's 33.6 points per game. Again, not hard math there when you get divided by Dang, 10. That's easy math there. But uh, most offensive points, the 2014 team had 412 total points in a season. So that is the the highest ever for a Livingston Academy team. 2012 had 395. Of course, the uh, vaunted 1974 team uh, with some big names on it. You know, mm-hmm. we could mention some of those guys. A lot of Hall of Famers. Yeah, a lot, lot of Ogletree and uh, Hauser and uh, Maynard and all those guys uh, had 344 points. And then, as what we just said a few minutes ago, considered the best team ever at Livingston Academy, the 2004 team had 334 points in 10 games. So you're talking about, a, again, right up there to the best, so right up there all-time some offensively. Of the, I mean. Some of the best. So we beat, you know, the, this year's team beat that vaunted 2004 team by two points overall, and you can only play the teams in front of you on your schedule. And you hear that a lot. You're, well, when they play somebody, well, listen, you know what? We play who we play, mm-hmm. and we – if we lost if we lost two games, people would say, "Well, they're just not for real." Yeah. So it's one of those damn if you do, damn if you don't kind of situations. You go out there and you beat the brakes off the people in front of you, you get the win, and you move on to the next week. You know, I'm 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 excited because I mean, obviously, ten and zero is a big thing. You win your region, but I feel like and and add to this, I feel like that this team is legit. That is good enough to make a run. Now, I'm not going to sit here and st- say that they're good enough to win a state championship. That takes a lot of luck, too. It does take a lot of luck. But can this team get to third round? Yeah. That From there on out, it's basically a coin flip. When you mm-hmm. get to the quarter, quarterfinals and you're playing somebody, another region's number one, and then you get the semifinals, and that's another region number one. Mm-hmm. And then you get, you get the, if you get the state finals, that's another region number one because from the west, west side. Or it of the could state. be some Cinderella team like it was in 2005 know, that was 5 and 5 on the season. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they're legit, don't you? I, I think they're very legit. Um, you look at some of the teams that they have beat this year Upperman. Upperman's a really good football team. You know, and I, I saw on the Coach T boards, people are kind of, well, it's just Upperman. Well, you know what? Upperman had a, I mean, I, I, everybody knows how I feel about Upperman. But, <laughs> They made a daggum good I'm run. I'm not sure if everybody knows. Once you, well, no. <laughs> no. you don't have that much time. Um, they made a daggum good run last year and played Alcoa pretty well. Well, they're going to make another one this year. Yes, they are. And so, do they have to win a state championship for us to say that the win against Upperman was a good win? Mm. I mean, is that what they're going to do? I mean, Cookville, yes, down year, but they play in a murderer's row kind of region over there with the Murfreesboro teams. They'll probably win a state tournament or state championship in there. You know, I mean, granted, those are the two big wins, 
But don't discredit this team. If, you, if you're going to say anything about them, come watch them play. Mm-hmm. And you've got an opportunity this Friday night to come watch them play. Absolutely. We'll get to that here in a few minutes. Let's, uh, let's take a few minutes now since this was a record-breaking year. Uh, let, let's go back over this perfect 10-0 and season. Let's start from the beginning and work our way down. Of course, we've already covered the last game, but let, let's just kind of take a few minutes to recap. So August 23rd, it's hotter than the blue blazes out there. Uh, and Livingston kicks off the season against Westmoreland, a team we had no idea would be as as decent as they were on the season. They, yeah. they actually wound up uh, – I've got it wrote down here. They actually wound up 5-5 five and five on the season. Yeah, and it's 7-0 at halftime. Yes. And you've heard all about how this is this Livingston Academy team was legit. It's 7-0 against a team that you beat the brakes off of last year. Uh, started worrying a little bit. Yeah. But – 28 points in the second half, allowing only a safety. And I think that should have been the moment we realized that we may have a good defense, a yeah. really good defense. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, so Westmoreland came up and played some pretty good teams this year uh, pretty well. You know, well, yeah. they, uh, uh, they had a, a really good schedule. Yeah, uh, they did. I mean, you look, they play, they play Trousdale County, they play Clay County, they play Watertown, East Robertson, White House Heritage. And now they're in the playoffs. They're going to go on the road to Tyner. Of course, that's the 2A playoffs. Um, but you look, um, and again, we're looking at Coach T. They kind of do, do their own rankings. But according to Coach T, they played one, two, three, four, five, six. This will be their seventh top 25 team, top 20 team this week when they go to Tyner. So seven out of 11 games against top 20 teams to finish five and five. Five and five is a good record for Pretty them. Pretty good record for them. I, I think so. Uh, playing some really good teams there. You know, Livingston's a good team. Trousdale County, really good team. Clay County, Watertown. Some really, really good competition. Absolutely. Uh, so, so Livingston, uh, then second game of the year, the big rivalry, part of the 111 Cup. Livingston defeats the Cookville Cavaliers, 28 to 21. What a game that was! It was a fun game. You know, you, Cookville coming off the uh, loss to Upperman the week before, you knew that you were going to get their best shot. It's Cookville; they've always got a good football team. I don't, I don't. Jimmy I'm, Maynard's their coach, absolutely, and he's been the Achilles heel for Livingston Academy for the longest time. Um, was the Wesley Smith show the last two last two touchdowns for Livingston County's Wesley Smith Will McDonald throws for four touchdowns on the night to give Livingston a twenty eight twenty one win over yeah Cookville. and and if you don't you know you go back and think about it if it wasn't for a boneheaded decision there on fourth and goal at the one yard line Livingston have a chance that that game probably goes to overtime yeah. if not uh, Livingston lost yeah yeah if you if you don't remember uh, first or fourth and goal at the one. Jimmy Maynard rolls out. Tina, now, you got to think about that night. Cookville had ran the ball all over Livingston yeah. Academy that night. Yeah. And he, instead of running it down our throats again to get the touchdown, decides to go to the air. Big-time mistake, and it cost him the football game. Here yeah. comes Livingston Academy, 99 yards. Outsmarts himself there. and Wesley Smith for a touchdown to win the game. Yep. And you know, that team started 0-3. Actually started 1-4, Nick Cookville. And then they win – Four out of their last five to finish five and five, um, and now they're in the playoffs. Yeah, you know they're in a six A playoffs and um, have to go to Hendersonville, which upset I think Mount Juliet. Yes, they did. They upset Mount Juliet last Friday night. Um, so you know, Cookville might have a chance of winning a football game in the first round. Now all all the jokes and everything for Livingston fans say that Jimmy Maynard can't win in the first round. He's a great football coach. I, I would take him over any over a lot of people mm-hmm. any day of the week. So, I mean, another playoff team. Yeah, that, that's defeated. the first two uh, of the season, and it was actually eight out of the ten teams we played this year made the TSSAA playoffs. Mm-hmm. 
discredit them all you want. You can't have that stat at all. Uh, so uh, after the Cum- after the Cookville game, it was uh, lowly Cumberland County. Let, let, let's look their schedule real quick <laughs> and see who they defeat. No, they didn't defeat anybody. <laughs> let's go back a couple of years, see yeah, if they defeated yeah. anybody then. Well, let's just put this in the context and so we can move on to the next one. For context, Cumberland County is 1-39. and 39. I did not make that up. 1-39 and 39 of real, games. La- of of real games in their last four years. That's 1-39. and 39. However, I said Carl would love this stat. Yeah. They did win a game via forfeit, much like the 2008 Livingston County Wildcats beat the Fulton. <laughs> they Falcons. did not beat Fulton. They did not beat Fulton. <laughs> I know. But I we did. We did. Too, yeah. we did beat Fulton. I wasn't playing. But, but was it was there. a forfeit. So... In all reality, uh, yeah. So then Livingston Academy goes yeah, on. Yeah, moving on to the next uh, <laughs> the next game of the season, which was the barn burner game of the year for Livingston Academy. It was the game you wanted to win more than anything else. It was the Livingston Academy Wildcats versus the Upperman Bees. At Upperman. At Upperman. It was a phenomenal football game. Best game all year. In all reality. I mean, well, Cookville was great. Cookville was great, but we don't really have the rivalry with Cookville that we do with up. I agree there. It's like a blood rivalry almost. Yeah. Um, phenomenal game. And, they would, and we've talked about it before. Who would have thought that a T. Beatty field goal would be the difference? Absolutely. And uh, in a first half field goal, nonetheless, would be the difference. Who would have thought there was no scoring in the second half? Phenomenal football game. I mean, it really was. It, you know, you, you like this. You know, everybody likes offense, like you just said. You know, offense uh, buys tickets and stuff like that. But uh, that game was seat of your chair. You know, nail biter, whatever cliche you want to put there. And, it was exciting. And as you know, we we score a touchdown through the air um, with Will McDonald to Aubrey Hollers, but they doubled Wesley Smith all night. Took Wesley away. Took Wesley away. Who entered the game for Livingston Academy that night? You remember? Mm, yes, I do. Wesley Smith. Wesley Smith. He intercepted the ball, uh, uh, the Upperman pass, to seal the deal. 10-7 win at Upperman. Boy, they were not happy with that Absolutely, loss. Absolutely, they were not happy, they were which not is happy. the best part about it. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes it even better. But from there on out, I mean, coming into that game, they had defeated Cookville 21-20, DeKalb County 35 nothing, Smith County 42 nothing. You know, you look like a whole man. We may be in a shootout here, yeah. and it ends up being ten and ten to seven. Um, but after that, you know, we're talking about teams how they did after we uh, they they go and roll Cannon County or they roll Oneida, which is a phenomenal win for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they just destroy York Grundy County. A great game with Watertown. They actually had to come back uh, from behind, I believe. They and held on to win. They held on to win. Watertown missed. Watertown went for two to to win the game. Upperman held one twenty one twenty, and then last Friday night, Upperman Upperman wins their region and goes nine and one in the regular season. Will play Signal Mountain in the first round of the Class Three A state playoffs. Mm-hmm. So that is uh, that's four in a row now for Livingston Academy on the season, and you've beat your uh, probably the two hardest games on the schedule were Cookville and Upperman. Two big rivals for your your program, um, you know. You, you got to you know. We've we talked about it back then, but you know they had to start thinking. 
We could go undefeated. I think we looked at each other when we come and sat down to do the podcast after Overman and said, hey, I think this is a real possibility that we actually go 10-0 here. Yeah. And we started trying to look and say, okay, well, where where could we slip up? Of course, you got Smith County coming. Yeah, up. and that's the game we went to. Okay, well, if we can – if we can go to the Smith, if we can go to Smith County and win, and get to six and zero, maybe just maybe we've got a real shot at this. Yeah, I would never have guessed that of the games remaining, that the tightest game would have been White County. Absolutely, because White County had been terrible for several yeah. years. And but before that, you got to go to Stone. Yeah, a tough place to play sometimes. You know, last year Stone was great. Stone had the great quarterback last year, defeated us at Livingston Academy, I think, in overtime last year. But not this year. No. Livingston goes to Crossville and just blasts Stone Memorial, forty-two to seven. I think that was a chippy game. It was. It was pretty a, chippy. A little bit of an interesting game. Um, how it was played, the gamesmanship uh, for Stone Memorial. But but Livingston Academy comes out after that game as the Cumberland County champions. For, yeah. And I think Woo. pretty much every other team that played both uh, Cumberland County and Stone yeah, would have been had, the Cumberland we County champions. We would have to fight everybody else for that title. <laughs> I guess we really did, honestly. We kind of did, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but five and zero now. Five and zero, and then you look ahead. Hey, Smith County. Oh man, going Smith, to County. Smith County. Yeah, hey, Smith That's County. That's our. I mean, we've lost to them forty nine times in one hundred and five years of football. Yeah, and and again, they've got a good football team. Um, I didn't even look at Stone, but I think they actually made the playoffs. They yeah. did make the playoffs. They're going. They play at. Marshall County. One and done. One and uh, – yeah, you would think so. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. Congratulations, Stone, for making the playoffs. Um, get to Smith County, though. And it's a team that has played pretty good football so far. On the year, they were 3-1 and one yeah. when they faced off against Livingston. Did not get to 4-1. and one. No, they did not. They had only lost to Upperman. And then Livingston County comes in and really dominates the game. Was never close. And, and just two garbage uh, touchdowns. You know, one off of a huge kickoff return, mm-hmm. and then one and mop up duty. Mop time, up duty yeah. that you know, uh, if if you keep your first team defense in there, that seven point four points per game is less than that. I don't think wasn't it, wasn't it Smith County didn't get a first down in the third quarter. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So that tells you all you need to know. Uh, but yeah, so now Livingston Academy is six and zero on the season. Yep. Uh, you go into the month of October now. You know, they, they had the Tennessee thing uh, back several years ago. They remember what you do in November. November. Well, in, in high school football, it's they remember what you do in October because that's, uh, you know, kind of a month earlier. That's when you make your playoff push. That's right. Year. So o- October rolls around. Livingston has a home game versus DeKalb County, a team that, uh, you know, you didn't really know. They could be pretty good. I heard a lot of people just talking uh, how good DeKalb was, was and they had – how good that that game was going to be, and you looked at their schedule, and they got blasted by Warren County. They got absolutely destroyed by the cat or by Upperman. They they beat Stone Warrior pretty handily. Who hadn't though? Yeah. They lost to Watertown. You know, pretty rough, the three score game. Beat a bad Grundy County team and beat a bad Cannon County team the week before they played Livingston. I'm sorry if you're a DeKalb fan listening to this. I don't know what you saw. I mean, yeah. have you just thought that because you beat Cannon County, you had a really good shot at coming to Livingston Academy and getting the win? But that was not the case. Yeah, uh, so Livingston comes in and blanks DeKalb County 31 to nothing. Ends up being the second, the, the, the number two team in the region. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're not, I'm not, I don't want to discredit them because they finished six and four, but they had no shot. No. Was, and that game was never close. Never I mean, close. 31 to nothing is accurate of how bad yeah. that football game was. Yeah. And then you, uh, 
after the DeKalb County game, you come in October the 11th, White County comes to town, a team that you would beat 70 to nothing the last two years. And he thought you might beat them 70 to nothing this year yeah. alone. But, but but they had played well. They had they had took Cookville three and a half quarters almost. Yeah, the well, they beat, they almost beat CAK. Um, had beaten um, Cannon County, Cumberland County, Walker Valley, and York coming in four and two. Um, it, we didn't know it at the time, but that was a, a telling result against York because York is terrible. Yeah, like Charles Barkley. Was they had. Terrible. A, we was talking to their. Uh, we was talking to their radio guy, and he said uh, York had a chance to win that game. They made a couple of bad mistakes there at the end, and it came out twenty six to thirteen. But Not they was like driving that. to win the game, and made a, made a fumble or something like that. And York and Kermlin, uh, uh, White County comes in and, and takes that ball back to the house. So. Uh, you know, when you look at the final score and it's twenty seven to twelve, and you think, well, why was it the best? Why was it one of the better games of the year? Well, it what was it twelve to seven? Twelve, yeah. Blue was twelve seven. It was very close. I mean, something like that. And um, at halftime, I at, believe it was twelve to seven. I think it was twelve seven. Um, they yeah, it was because the kicker made back to back forty five plus 40 yard, yard field goals. Yeah, and plus he and he missed that missed the extra point. <laughs> so it's twelve seven at halftime, and that's props to the make or the White County coaching staff. I mean, we've got a couple uh, Livingston County alumni down there, football alumni coaching in there. You know, Curtis Beatty mm-hmm. and Jordan Bailey, mm-hmm. and uh, on that staff and friends of the show, actually friends of the show. They actually, listen. And um, hey, how you guys doing? How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> um, you're, I don't, I don't, I don't like that they're like a like um, they don't play playoff games. There you go. How you yeah, they opted out. They opted out. I don't like that. I mean, if you're listening, then get back in the regional because I think they they were good enough. I thought to so this, get this to year playoff. they definitely. Would. Of course, now they they've been down for the last several years. And I understand that. I mean, I, I understand if you're. White County in that program. Let's take a year and right, and, and they wouldn't have been playing Cannon County and Cumberland County. They've been, no, been playing some better, the big, better competition. The Blackman, they would have been. Blah, blah, blah. In, I think they're a five A team. Maybe you know they're they're not big enough to be six A, and they're too big for four A, so they don't get to play, and they have to travel really long distances. I think and that may be why they did it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not there. Uh, they call them the independent division, but I think that was a good football team, and they give Livingston County a run for their money. Yeah, uh, on October 11th, but. Livingston Academy does what they need to do. Big play of the game there was the Raven Carpenter one-handed touchdown oh, highlight. Um, but again, it's a win. It, it it was a win on the season, as all of them were. And so Livingston, that that was the final home game of the season. So uh, you had two games left on the schedule. Took a bye. Yes, got a bye was week. Much needed bye much week. Needed. I felt like yeah, you had some players kind of banged up and. When you're playing this many games in a row, it's nice to kind of catch your breath. It was fall break, so phenomenal. I think it was a phenomenal job by Coach Lamb to get. Yeah, the that, that's good that you can break. schedule it during fall break. It's that, best. That's a hard time to practice and get things you know focused in, reeled in on. So I just take the week off. So props to him on that. But then October 25th, last week, a miserable game at York <laughs> Institute. Everybody else and Upper Cumberland outside of Monterey and Clay County played on Thursday night. Yeah, York. Did not. Yeah, they did not, and they, they paid on, for it. They didn't play on Friday night either. They paid for it. They, that's true. They did not show <laughs> up and play. Uh, but Livingston ran all over them. Uh, literally. Literally. Literally ran all over them. 41-6 to six was the final score, and really, you know, they had seven yards of offense before the final drive in the fourth quarter. So they drove it 93 yards. 93 yards scored, in the final drive. But that was against uh, backup defense. Uh, what a dominant performance that was! One of the best, and I'll never forget the, that game for this reason. 
in the the mop up duty, the receiver going and trying to take a shot on Atlanta Taylor. Oh yeah, he gets a shot in all right, and then two plays later she throws him to the ground. <laughs> and she was not taking any more crap from those York players, and I think that was the, the theme of the night for Livingston Academy. Um, all around was we're we're tired of taking the crap from them. Mm. We've heard how we haven't beat them. We're tired of it. We're just gonna beat them in the ground, and they did. Mm. Awesome. Forty one to six. But you know what's crazy about York Institute? They're in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs, man. Playoffs. Three now, and seven record in the playoffs. Of course, the uh, which team is it? That's three and seven. Maplewood. Maplewood, who we host, coming yeah. to Livingston. They're three and seven. You can't you can't just overlook anybody. We can't overlook Maplewood. But York beat Cannon County this past Friday night, fifteen to fourteen. I think the winner of that game went. The to winner playoffs. of the playoff. Winner went home. Loser went home. But before that, the last win for York was September sixth. I mean, congratulations to them for breaking the streak of losses. Every team they played between September sixth and November the first was ranked in the top twenty of Coach T. Yeah, that's and that's hey, that's a, that's saying something. And you know what? I'm not saying this is going to happen by any means, but three and seven and one, two, three, four, five, six of those losses to top twenty teams. What happens if they beat Loudon? And I, I'm just, I know it's not going to probably not going to happen. I understand that, yeah. but this is a team that's been tested. Yeah, and we've seen them. They're pretty bad. I mean, I, no offense to anybody from Jamestown that's listening. I'm not trying to knock you. They may get some of their uh, kids that's been ejected back. You know. Uh. Because they've missed a couple of yeah. games, two or three kids. What have. happens if they – I mean, it is a win or go home. Yeah. So, what happens if they win a couple of games and all of a sudden they start to look dangerous? It could happen. That wing tee they run. Wing tee's tough. It's hard to prepare for. Very tough. But make the playoffs. So, playoffs. <laughs> so, that makes Livingston after beating York uh, 9-0 and on the season. Of course, we've already recapped the big win over uh, Macon County to cap off the perfect 10-0 and regular season. Uh, I think I saw on the uh, social media there where Livingston's football team will be on the cover of Hog Eye Sports Illustrated next, this next week. That's pretty impressive. I'm going to be out of town. Can you save me a very, copy? Very limited edition. Uh, only a few copies will be made, so uh, get them while they're hot. That's all I can say. Well, I'm, I'll be out of town. Just make sure you save me a copy. <laughs> I'll try to. So um, let's look now at the Upper Cumberland scoreboard brought to you by the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. So in Region 3-4A, there were uh, two games between Region 3-4A opponents. Of course, Livingston beat Macon County to win Region 3-4A. And in the other game, if Cumberland had beat DeKalb, my oh my, what a, uh, a big story that would have been. But it was, <laughs> it was not to be as DeKalb defeated Cumberland County 41-6 to secure second place in Region 3-4A. If Cumberland had beat DeKalb, Cumberland should have automatically went to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Just take DeKalb's yeah, place. Yeah, because you have no business being there. <laughs> and then the other team in uh, Region 3-4A, Stone Memorial, lost to Friendship Christian 35-12. to So the final Region 3-4A standings, Livingston Academy, a perfect 10-0 and 4-0 in the region, champions of Region 3-4A. This was Bruce Lamb's fourth region championship. Livingston Academy, some of you may have seen this on the uh, social media stuff there. Livingston has won now eight region or district, whatever you want to look at it as when it was called that, region or district championships in history. I want to come back to that in a minute, but keep going. Bruce Lamb has won half of them. Very impressive for him. Absolutely. 
So Livingston is the Region 3-4A champion. DeKalb finishes the season with a 6-4 record, 3-1 in the district or region, and they are second place. Macon County finishes 5-5 five and 2-2 five and two and two in the region. And Stone Memorial, 3-7 overall, 1-3 in the region. Cumberland County, 0-10 and 0-4 and 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 in the region. So the top four teams from Region 3-4A make the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs. So this coming Friday night, November the 8th, 2019, round one of the TSSAA playoffs, Livingston Academy will host 3-7 Maplewood from Region 4. DeKalb County will host 7-3 Tullahoma, the team Livingston played last year in the first round. Uh, Macon County will travel to the number one seed. No, I'm sorry. Macon County will travel to the number two seed in Region 4, Nolensville. Nolensville had an 8-2 record on the season. And Stone Memorial will travel to the first-place team, Marshall County, who beat Nolensville this past Friday night to claim like a drum. the uh, overall number one seed in Region 4. So that will be your Region 4 playoff. Uh, Playoffs. <laughs> Uh, first round games. So, uh, looking ahead, Pat, you know, let's go ahead and look into the future and look at what uh, what could happen if Livingston wins their first round game over uh, Maplewood. Livingston would then play the winner of Nolansville and Macon County. If you if there's a team that I think that can go on the road and win, it's Macon County. I think they're tough enough, and they've gotten good enough wins this year to tell me that they can go and play. But, boy, Nolensville's a good football team. Yeah, it'd be tough on them. Uh, I, would, I, would, I would really appreciate it if they did. That would be great. Yeah, it'd be awesome. So if you're listening from Macon County, do your job. <laughs> so if Livingston was to beat Maplewood in round one, round two they would play the winner of Macon County and Nolensville. Now, before we get too far ahead, let's look at Maplewood. Maplewood three and seven on the year coming in, just looking at their schedule. Um, wins over Lawrence County, which was a four and six team. Wins a win over Spring Hill, which was a one and nine team. Mm. And win over Coffee County, who lost to Cookville. Mm. 41-14 and finished the year 2-8. and eight. Mm. Now, how much? How badly did they beat Coffee County? 14-8, to eight, one score. Mm. Lost to Nolensville, 23-10, to 10, and last Friday night, 35 nothing to Tullahoma. 3-7 on the year. You don't like to look ahead a bunch. If you're playing, you definitely aren't looking no, ahead. No, you don't. But we, but we get to. Absolutely. And you have to think that... Just looking at the numbers, other teams have put up on them big-time numbers with a 38 spot, a 44, 35, 35, 26, 23, and 35. Point totals they've given up. Had to think that we might score some points right Yeah, now. yeah, you hope so. But Let's hope they score more than uh, Maplewood does. Oh, yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the key <laughs> all, to everything. That's all that matters. But coming back to what you're saying, Livingston County defeats Maplewood this Friday night. They will play the winner of Nolansville and Macon County. That game would take place on November fifteenth, mm-hmm. and will be. It would take place at, at Livingston, Livingston Academy if Livingston wins mm-hmm. the first round. If Livingston Academy now on on the other side of that, Tullahoma plays the cab in the first round. Have to figure that Tullahoma probably 
Well, yeah, they got to go to DeKalb County. That's a that's a trip. Yeah. DeKalb County's not terrible by no means, but in, if you look back at the last couple of years, Region Four has owned us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very rare that Region Three gets a win. Um, we'll be shocked, honestly, if Tullahoma doesn't win that football game. And then I'm not even going to talk about Marshall County and Stone because Marshall County is going to win that. Mm-hmm. So second round pairings would probably look like Livingston County versus Nolansville or Macon County. I hope it's Macon, but it'll probably be Nolansville. Would be the that would be Region Three's number one seed in Livingston Academy versus Region Four's number two team in Nolansville. Yeah. So so if if Livingston was able to win uh, over Maplewood, get to the second round, mm-hmm. most likely play Nolansville. Mm-hmm. If you beat Nolansville in the second round, mm-hmm. Friday, November twenty second. You would be the home team, mm-hmm. no matter what. You'd be the home team against either, most likely, Tullahoma or Marshall County. Yeah, and that's a big thing because Marshall County, that's a long, long, long yes. drive. Yes, it And is. if I'm not mistaken, that's the Friday before Thanksgiving, so school is not out mm-hmm. yet. So they would have to take a whole day out of school and make the trip up and do the thing, and you've got to come to Tom Davis Memorial Stadium. Now, on the 22nd, I want to be clear here, if we get to the third round, that is the last, last playoff, our last football game ever, uh-huh. ever, ever at Tom Davis Memorial Stadium uh, will be Friday, November 22nd, if we get there. Because, because, yeah, because, because on the top half, we are on the bottom half of the bracket. Of the top half. Yeah. We are on the bottom half, bottom half of the top half of the bracket. <laughs> We're on the bottom quarter. Yeah. Um, the state semifinals would be, no matter what, at a another location so Livingston could not host that could not host so why is that kind of a thing well that's just the way the brackets are drawn up but region one the number three team in region one and I'm just using this example is Sullivan South let's say Sullivan South gets to the semifinals Mm -hmm. they've entered the playoffs you've heard playoffs yeah at five and five familiar because Livingston Academy was five and five in 2005 Cinderella why did Livingston Academy host that year? Because they were on the top half of the yeah, bracket. They hosted an undefeated Notre Dame team from Chattanooga. So, so it could be a very similar situation. Similar sim- situation. If you're a, if, yes. But, it, I mean, chances of them being 5-5 five and five and getting there are about like they were when we got there. Yeah, you got to get lucky. got to get lucky. And Livingston's got to get lucky to get there. But, of course, if you were to win then, probably gonna, probably would play an Elizabethan team, an Anderson County team, or a Greenville team. Greenville, yeah. But two of those are going to play each other. Green, Greenville and Anderson County will probably meet in the second round. That's a that's two good football teams. Probably going, one of them's going home in the second round. How great would it be for undefeated Livingston Academy to travel to undefeated Elizabethton in Friday, November 29th? Snow on the ground. That's going to be a, up in the. That's up in the hills. Up in the Smoky Mountains, the foothills at least of the I, Smoky Mountains. I want to help get a, a pet bus, a tour bus, getting up there for Maybe that. We'll have to have some chains on the tires. You might to have to. David Sadler, get your bus ready. Dale <laughs> King's going too. But it'll be a phenomenal atmosphere. Two football, two good football teams right there, and of course the TWSAA state championship, Saturday, December seventh at three p.m. at Tennessee Tech. So you'd travel all that way in the semifinals. If you were to win, just to get to come back home and play in Cookville. Yeah, play at overall field, and it's named for a former Livingston Academy head football coach. How great would it be a record-breaking team have set all these records and done all these things to play on the field for their final game of the year that is named after a Livingston Academy Hall of Fame. That would be some poetic uh, justice there, poetic license. It would be pretty cool. Uh, But first things first. Maplewood. Yeah, yeah, that would be uh, 
that's you got to take them one game at a time especially if you're the, on the coaching staff you're the team you know you probably don't want them listening to this podcast and us uh doing all of our prognostication and uh, obfuscation and all the other fancy words that we're doing here <laughs> so i don't know how how close we are to done so i'm gonna ask you this question and you and it'll be a little debate here and we've got a few people watching on facebook and hopefully they'll share and, and everything and this might be a topic of conversation with the win friday night this past Friday night, Bruce Lamb became or tied, tied for the most wins in as a football coach at Livingston Academy as the head football coach. What was that number? Eighty one. Eighty first win. Yeah. Eighty one wins ties him with Matt Eldridge. with Matt Eldridge for most all time. I got to thinking, maybe made me think, which is a dangerous thing sometimes. <laughs> is Bruce Lamb, and I'm gonna I'm gonna present this. So give me a second. Is with Bruce being on the staff in 2005, he was a defensive line coach, I believe, offensive line coach, mm-hmm. 2005. was on the staff way before then. Took over in 2008. Been here now 11 years. Mm-hmm. You said four region championships? Four region championships. 11-2 a couple years, right? Yeah. He has tied for the most wins in a season. Two 11-2 teams. Yeah. Made a run. That will be both, both times will be to the, to the quarterfinals. Yeah. Okay. State championship on his record. Now the win, the best regular season. In only County, only, only 10, ten and zero season. Yes. You probably see where I'm going with this. I, I already got you. Yeah. Is he the greatest Livingston Academy head football coach ever? Very good question. Um, the answer is yes. I think it is. Yes, it is. And I know he doesn't want to hear that. And I and we're going to get him on the show after this is all over and talk to him, one hundred percent. But. I don't think that it's a. I don't think it's a tough argument for anybody. No, else. I mean he doesn't have a state championship. I mean, he was on the, the mm-hmm. staff. He wasn't the head coach then. But that can't be your only. You can't, can't be your only qualifying yeah, thing to say who is. I mean, and Matt Eldridge was a great coach. I mean, he's he had up until this past Friday night had won the most mm-hmm. ever. Um, but you know he 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 never won a region championship. Never won a region championship and. Now the and the and the one thing that's different, I guess, too, is that now Matt Eldridge never had a losing season, ever. That's true. That's so true. I mean, I, I can see where it comes from. I can see that he's the head coach of the state championship team. Blah blah blah. That's great. And he's and Matt Eldridge is a great man, great football coach, obviously, um, great leader of men. And I think he's in a leadership position now. Does mm-hmm. a great job. He is. Yes. But we're talk. We're a sports podcast. We're talking Livingston County football right now, and I have to think that. When it's all over, whenever that is, that Bruce Lamb is the best football coach in Livingston County football history. I would lean that direction. And if he isn't, somebody tell me why. Yeah, uh, I mean, and it's a debate question. It is a, a very good thing and, to sit around and debate and, and uh, talk and you, about. And you bet your tail when I when we get him on here, I'm going to ask him that. Does <laughs> he? I mean, where does he think he he ranks? Yeah. Because I mean, it's a matter of opinion. I'm sure he's got one as well, and I'm sure he's going to say no. We're close to the top, but. Mm. I mean, four region championships, two eleven and two teams. You would think that this this year's team is going to get at least get to eleven wins. Undefeated season, yeah. Undefeated records galore being broken. Hey, they chance they could win. They could beat the most wins in a in a most wins in a season. I mean, all I got to do is get to twelve, and you're at ten now. That's right. I think Bruce Lyons is the best coach in Livingston County football history. I would not disagree. Uh, so let's uh, let's do a few more things I've got uh, wrote down here to talk about. So. Uh, Let's talk about some other teams on the Livingston Academy schedule this year and how they did in their final 
regular season game and who or if they will play in the playoffs. So, first team we played this year, Westmoreland, they won their final game of the season over Cascade to get to a per, uh, a five and five overall record, and they will play in the first round of the playoffs versus Tyner Academy. Cookville also finished the season at five and five with a loss to Blackman, and they will play at Hendersonville in the first round of the playoffs this coming Friday night. Upperman defeated Sequatchie County, and they finished the season nine and one, only lost to Livingston Academy. Academy. <laughs> and they will host Signal Mountain this Friday night. Won the region. Smith County. Um, they defeated Grundy County this past Friday. They finished the season 6-4, and four, and they will host Sweetwater this Friday night. White County lost to Good Pasture, and they finished the season 5-5. Five and five. Uh, They opted out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've already mentioned that. And York beat Cannon County to get into the playoffs. They had a 3-7 and seven overall record, and they will play at Loudoun. So, 8 out of the 10 teams we played this year, made it to the TSSAA playoffs. And honestly, White County, I feel like we made the playoffs. So Yeah, I mean, I mean they could have could made have been it. been 9 of 10 on the playoffs. Definitely. Uh, um, so some other teams around the Upper Cumberland this past uh, Friday night. Jackson County played at Trousdale County and lost 20-42. to Jackson County finished the season at 3-7. and Pickett County played Joe Burns and lost, and they finished the season with a 1-9 and record. Red Bull and Springs played Clay County and lost zero to forty-eight. Red Bull and finished a one and nine record. Clay County finished with a very good seven and three record. They've only got like twenty-three kids, if they like. Yeah, and and they will play a home game this coming Friday night, good first job. round of the playoffs. Good for them versus Sale Creek, and I would really like to see them get another crack at Monterey. I would too. And that would be awesome. And if they win, would they? Uh, we'd have to look that up here. Go uh, ahead and finish what you're doing then. So. Uh, yeah, Clay County finished the season with a 7-3 and record. First round home game. I don't know how many, uh, of course, we're not Clay County uh, guys, but I don't know how many home playoff games they've ever had, it, uh, how often they've made the playoffs, but very good season for them. Um, that would be a good question for a Clay County historian. And then Monterey, the Wildcats. This would be a good year to be a Wildcat. Absolutely. So 10-0, uh, and 0, perfect regular season for the Monterey Wildcats. They defeated Gordsville, a very – Good Gordonsville team. Uh, yeah. Now they had a three and seven record, yeah, but, but that was were... a good Gordonsville mm-hmm. team. Uh, took them to the wire. Uh, they Monterey won that game twenty eight to twenty one. Had to come back and win that to one. to finish the season with a perfect ten and zero record. And Monterey will start the first round of the playoffs versus Whitwell. And according to the bracket here, it looks like Monterey and Clay County could meet in the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. Quarterfinals, and it looks like Monterey's got a really good path to get there. Play Whitwell to open the year two or open playoffs two and eight. And look at that! Look at that! If if Monterey and Clay County meet, Clay County hosts that game. That's one of those things. You're yeah. on top of that bracket. Even though Monterey would be perfect, they would and be. That, that's that's really not fair. Looking ahead for them, just a little bit. If they defeated whoever in that quarterfinal game, they could. They still have, they've got to go on the road for the quarterfinal game, no matter what, and. They'd have to go on the road for the semifinal yeah. game as well. And they could have a rematch versus Gordonsville could in round two. Hey, and if you're Monterey, I mean, do you want it? Do you not Do you not want it? I think you would rather it be Gordonsville because you actually play you know them what? and got eyes on them. Yeah. But, I mean, Gordonsville had them beat. Yeah. Well, again, we talked about York getting hot. What if this Gordonsville team gets hot? Yeah, Team that won a state championship a few years back. 
I got all their guys back, getting healthy. Clay County has to play South Pittsburgh. South Pittsburgh's good. Traditionally, yeah. a very, very, very tough team to beat yeah. come playoff time. So it would be uh, pretty tough to see uh, Monterey and Clay County meet, but I would be awesome for that to happen. Yeah, I mean, I hope we're playing that night and can't watch it anyway. Yes, but definitely. It would be a phenomenal atmosphere down there in Salina. Uh, so let's let's go over one more thing before we close shop here on this episode. Let's go over a few of the uh, career. Uh, let's update some career records that we uh, currently know of. Of course, we we mentioned that uh, Will McDonald set the most touchdown passes in a single game against Macon County this past Friday night. But earlier this season, he also set the career touchdown passes record by breaking Danny McCoy's 55. And currently. As of the Macon County game, Will McDonald has thrown 73 touchdown passes in his career. Pretty impressive. And even more impressive is that he came in the year with 45, I believe. I mean, he's yeah, thrown 28, he's thrown 28 this, year. this season, which was three more than he threw last season. And that's including the, uh, uh, the playoffs. playoff game. Playoffs. Yeah. So uh, he's, he's almost – Throw two more touchdown passes, and you've dub or you got twenty more than the next closest person to you of all the quarterbacks in Livingston Academy history. Uh, not only that, Will McDonald also has the most passing yards as a Wildcat quarterback, and he in this past game surpassed the seven thousand yard mark. Yeah, that's he that's unofficially awesome. unofficially he has seven thousand one hundred and twenty nine career passing yards. The next closest is Danny McCoy with. 5,400. <laughs> uh-huh. I feel like that's going to stand for a little while. Uh, I would think so. Because he's going to add to that. Uh, some other records that uh, that we've also got on this season. Uh, most receiving yards in a career. Wesley Smith broke that earlier this year. Broke his coach's record. Matt and Hauser's record of 2,065. Matt Wesley now has 2,451 career receiving yards. Wow. Pretty impressive. Of course, I mean, you got a pretty good guy throwing it to you. Absolutely. That helps. Um, this was not this year, but uh, last year, um, Wesley Smith set the uh, career, not career, single game receiving yardage record against Westmoreland with 246 yards in a game. It's nuts. That's that's really awesome. Um, so moving on, some other, other things. Uh, Aubrey Hollers this year versus White County. He broke the most receptions in a single game record that was held by Matt Swallows in 1992. Aubrey now holds the record with 13 receptions in a single game. Speaking of receptions, most receptions all time. Matt Swallows holds that record at 165. Wesley Smith is in second place now with 134 receptions. He's inching closer. Will be hard to get there. Be, to be, break that one, probably going to have to get to that semifinal area yeah. of the PWSAA playoffs. I hope he does break it because that would mean that we've made a pretty doggone good run. Mm-hmm. Uh, rushing, of course, this is kind of a passing team, so the rushing records haven't really been touched this year. Um, let's move down to most field goals in a career. T. Beatty has 11 field goals, which to my knowledge would be the record but I don't know for certain. He's been pretty good on extra points, too. I mean, yeah, extra points, uh, 45 out of 46. That's that's a really good uh, percentage. Uh, yeah. I have to, that's in the 99th kind of percentile there. Yeah, it's a, a heck of a percentage. 
And, I mean, his lone miss is at York in the rain, 97.8% accuracy on extra points. The field goals he has missed have just been extremely difficult ones that he's been trying to make. He does have a 42-yarder to his career back in 17. Of mm. course, the longest one is Terry White with 50, with, on a 54-yarder. I hope we don't have to see T trot out there for a 54-yard field goal. No. But – you never, you never know. Touchbacks too. I wonder how many touchbacks he's had a bunch. this year. He, he's been a weapon. He's it's been not a, weapon. a stat we keep up with. Also has, has had a couple tackles. <clears throat> yeah, so, he does. he had two in one game there. You just never know. You just never know. Defensively, what what do you got defensively? Anything other than the scoring record? Yeah, scoring? The, the scoring record. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, yardage per game. That would be a very interesting one. Um, what about uh, interceptions? We got anybody close to that? Uh, well, a single game? Uh, nope, not this no, year. A single game has been several guys with three. Nobody uh, on this team, though. No. Um, because the defense is so good that uh, they don't have a chance to throw the ball that much. No, man. I, agree. I, mean, I agree. But, um, so yeah, we, we've got statistically the best defense ever in modern modern history for Livingston Academy. We can't talk about that enough, how good that defense has been. And it's a, you know, there's like I said, there's no standout you know, making all the tackles person. There's It's just a collective effort each week. As we're winding down here, the thing I want people to realize is that we talk about Will McDonald a lot, Wesley Smith. You hear that? You hear those two names over and over and over and over and over and over and over. As Mike drops his phone, he might have to, he might be forced to get something other than an iPhone 6 now. But <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> you talk about it over and over and over and over those names because they keep popping up because they are, you know, kind of what makes Livingston go. But you can't talk about the defense and offensive line enough. The linebacking core, all those guys, you know, they don't get they don't get that name, I guess, quote unquote, name in the paper, um, like they should. But they're the backbone of the Livingston County football team, and and have been a big part of getting this team to ten and zero. Absolutely. So so playoffs coming this Friday night at Tom Davis Memorial Stadium. Hey, you can get tickets. That's, that's what I was pulling up here. That's why I got tried to get my phone out there. I can, I can see. Mark, I can oh, see. Sorry. So um, it, it, this has been posted on social media several times, but you can go to GoFan, the, uh, the GoFan app, and you can purchase your digital tickets right now with your smartphone, and you can use your smartphone to get into the game. You know, that's what everything's going to now. Mm-hmm. I haven't used a ticket, a paper ticket, at Nashville soccer club games all oh, year, long. you just show them your phone, show them your little uh, uh, whatever that thing is QR code, and they you know scan it and you get right in. Uh, actually, when I went to uh, to the Titan Stadium this year, you just had to get it close to the thing. You, you, you can, don't even have to. You let can them do scan it in England this year as well. Yeah. Since it started, I think halfway through the season last year on the QR code. On so we may uh, we may post this on our. This is actually on the what I'm looking at the actual Livingston Academy Facebook mm-hmm. page, but we may share this on our social media accounts here but you can there's a link to click on to go get tickets for the uh blue cross uh well it says blue cross bowl but uh it's, it's, it's for, for the playoff playoffs games, games. now you're, you're wondering people are going to wonder how much it costs to get in it's eight dollars and i want to be clear with something here because i've had to deal with them already your teacher passes aren't going to get in so mm-hmm. if you're a teacher that and you're normally hey, i'm a teacher and you get a walk in it's not going to happen yeah um, that's not Livingston county's fault that's not the Albert county board of education's fault it's nobody's fault 
but the TWSWA, they want their money. So if we prepared, it's $8 a person. So yes, if you're going, everybody. Everybody. And that, they don't care if that child is taking a bottle and six months old, you're mm-hmm. going to pay $8 for that He's, kid. If it's a, a living person and they're trying to get into that game, you're $8. going to pay 8 bucks. And it's, hey, it is what it is. There's no pass list. We've got to pay, you know, over to County News. Um, we're going to go live this Friday night. We're going to have live coverage of Livingston County football, as we always do. And we've had to pay a pretty penny just to get access to be able to bring that coverage. We've had a lot of a lot of people step up, and, and I'm very thankful for that. But you can use that app that Mike's talking about. Go there and get your digital ticket. It's $8. I actually put them in the cart today to see if there was a tax or anything like that. There is not. Mm. It's $8 flat, so you can get as many tickets you need for $8. I don't know what the ticket limit really is, if there really is one at Tom Davis Memorial Stadium. But I tell you what, this is a team that deserves to be applauded. Yes. And, I mean, they've been on the road the last couple of weeks, first game back home. There's no reason that there shouldn't be a standing room only crowd at Tom Davis Memorial yeah, Stadium Friday night. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, in, in the past, there's been, like, the banks and stuff that sold tickets during the week. Mm-hmm. That may still happen. Uh, I don't know about yeah. that yet. Uh, you may be able to come to the high school and buy tickets uh, possibly on Monday morning. I'm I, sure. I don't know. But I think that more than anything, they're pushing people towards that electronic this, app. Yeah, electronic thing. I'm sure that saves CWS some money not having to print those tickets. I'm sure it does. And that's all. It, I mean, realistically, that's what they're about is the yeah, money. That's, so. that's true. We've talked to Sasha Payne Diaz about that yep. a few times, but uh, no budging on no, that. Big, big Payne and Diaz. <laughs> All right, I think we have uh, talked about as much as we can about how exciting this year has been for the Livingston Academy football team, and hopefully there's some more excitement to come. Yeah, and I think the people that are normally listening to our podcast are wondering where's Twit Walsh and where's the soccer up to everything's going. There's just not. I mean, that's, yeah, this this team deserves special deserve edition. all the attention that we could give them. I still don't feel like we can give them enough because of how special they've been. I've had an I've had an, an absolute joy covering them for the Over the County News, coming and talking on the podcast about them. I know you've enjoyed it as well, being the PA guy. Yes. And you're going to get a few more cracks at Mike Johnson and the PA booth over the That's next right. few weeks. I uh, hope. Uh, Kate Spade may lose a few more things this, this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so uh, I think we're going to end this only uh, segment for the Hog Eye Sports Show right right here, and we'll come back to wrap this episode up right after this. You are listening to the Hog Eye Sports Show, bringing you the best in sports coverage from Allens to Zollicoffer. And now back to the show. Well, possum on a gumbush, it's happened again. You've wasted another perfectly good portion of your day listening to the Hog Eye Sports Show. Uh, so we focused in on Livingston Academy football in the really only segment of uh, of this uh, this episode, but there was another Livingston Academy sport that made it to the state tournament this year. Of course, volleyball did. Uh, soccer was so sectionals, close, yeah. made it to the sectionals, and uh, cross country had a member of the boys' cross country team make it to the state meet that was held this past Saturday. Yesterday, it was held at Percy Warner Park, and uh, freshman Parker Linder. Of course, this is the first time he's ever uh, made it to that, so let's hope he's got three more years of making it to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But uh, in his first attempt, he placed 110 out of 197 participants, and he finished with a time of 17 minutes and 55 seconds. So cross country is basically a 5K race. Is that right? Yeah, it's a 5K meet there. And, I mean, you think 110th isn't great, but then his time was 17.55. I mean, 
55 seconds different would have if he made the 17 minute mark that'll put him in 43rd the mm. winner of that was a 15 28 98 so i mean congratulations to parker i mean just to make it down there and represent livingston academy is a big deal uh, you gotta know i mean you start looking at the um the results a lot of juniors and seniors there mm-hmm. in the top half of that meet so it'll be a freshman i actually see one um two three four five he's about the 10th best freshman there yeah of course there's a lot of difference between a freshman and a senior oh uh, yeah a lot of difference oh uh, yeah Kids a do of, a lot of growing a lot of training shout out to the tennessee volunteers Three out of last four. Looking at going to Kentucky this week. The only the only Wildcats I won't beat this week are the Kentucky Wildcats. <laughs> All right. So uh, if you would like to get in touch with anyone at the Hog Eye Sports Show, you can send your questions, comments, rants, or recipes to hogeyesports at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Sports, And on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Sports Show. You can send us a voice message via our profile on the Anchor app, and we would love to include some of y'all stuff in future episodes. So we're going to do a little recap here on some of our previous sponsors. You know, uh, we couldn't make all this stuff happen without some of our sponsors. Absolutely so let's. Not. One of our best sponsors has been the uh, law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. Every game this year, I think, every podcast. Yeah, they, they do uh, such good work for us. Um, the uh, patio furniture store, Something Wicker, This Way Comes. They got some great deals. You mm-hmm. just mentioned. It's about to be Black Friday. Yeah, you, you mentioned the Hog Eye Sports Show. You'll get some great deals there. The Curl Up and Die Hair Salon, where I get all my, uh, uh, all my fancy hairdos done. Um, the Stoner's Pot Place, you know, where they sell pots, pans, and other things as well. A uh, good place to go get you some stuff. Um, and then you got to be an adult to go on other things, Al. <laughs> uh, of course, the American Duct Tank Council, they, they do a lot of uh, repairs for our, uh, our our show here. I wonder if they can give me anything for power steering pump. They they, they surely can. It, it'll hold it for a little while. Um, uh, one of the best stores in Livingston is Knobs and Knockers, the door accessory store. That they've, they've really provided some good good stuff for us. Uh, the Federation of Associated Organizations. Uh, everybody can join that. I mean, it's you know open to anybody. Uh, General Chang's Taco Italiano. Ate there the other day. Uh, re- really good food. Uh, Los Pollos Hermanos. Um, that's uh, that's another good place to go eat and maybe uh, get some other stuff if you're interested. Uh, Shady Farms brand genuine animal milk. My kids love that. As a goat farmer, I bet they do. Uh, they, they probably really different goat milk. <laughs> Mustard's Last Stand Hot Dog Emporium. That's uh, one of the best uh, hot dogs I've ever had right there. Um, and let's see. Uh, Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated. That's uh, Hey, let me tell you something. If it wasn't for Perry the Platypus, we'd be in a lot of trouble. Um, if you ever need some flowers for your uh, significant other, you can go to Back to the Fuchsia Flower Shop. Whichever significant other that might be, you never know. <laughs> and and I think David Sandler's personal favorite is the Shack of Sit Furniture Showroom. Oh yeah, he he told me he bought two or three things there, <laughs> the Shack of Sit. So that's a short recap of some of our uh, really really good sponsors. We hope they keep sponsoring us for uh, for many years to come. Also, let's look at uh, some of our employees. The executive producers of the Hog Eye Sports Show are Rocky Flintstone and Alexander Supertramp. Our weatherman is Luke out a window. Our TSSAA rules liaison is Sasha Payne Diaz. Cousin of Major. 
Our book critic is Odessa Page Turner. Our script writer is Philip Airtime. Our creative content team is Ben There and Don That. Our traveling secretary is Don Juan Go. And uh, this week's employee spotlight is our new French dog walker. Oh, really? Yes, and her name is Poupon de Grasse. Thank you, Miss Poupon. <laughs> so for Josh Scott, this is Michael Johnson, and we'll see you on the next episode. So long, friends and neighbors. <laughs>